Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited that you're here again this week. I am in the middle of a series that I titled Winning the War Within, and you're going to love this week's guest that I have with me, my friend Kelsey Tim. Tell us, Kelsey, where are you joining (laughs) us from? Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And this is such a a powerful topic that we're going to be talking about, but I'm actually in my home studio. I live in Alexandria, uh, and I I'm a morning co-host on a Christian radio station uh, that I work out of our Osakis office, but we also have offices in different parts of uh, the Twin Cities, and then we reach the world. But anyways, that's just one part of my job. My most important job is being a mom uh, to three boys, and they keep me on my toes. I, I like to describe them as vivacious. And then I'm also married to my husband, Josh. It'll be 17 years next month, which is kind of crazy. I'm like, I'm not that old. How can I be married for 17 years already? But I, time flies by. And then I also lead women's ministry in our church uh, that just I had started a Bible study in my home about six years ago, and it was open to women from all different churches. And then we had been at a church for about 12 years that we just loved. And then God called us to help serve a church plant. And so Um, My little Bible study just kind of got swooped under that. And so I get to love on women. Uh, This fall, I had 50 women sign up for my Bible study in my basement, which has been really, really fun. And like I said, it's from women from all different denominations and walks of life. And I just love like pouring into women. Women are my jam. Like I feel so comfortable around women. If you throw guys in the mix, I get really nervous. And it doesn't quite make sense, but the only thing that I can chalk it up to is like, I'm called to serve women, <laughs> you know, like it's kind of like my sweet spot um, where some women are like, oh my gosh, I would, I would not want to talk to women, but I just feel at home. So I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I, I just know that you have so much to offer in this area. I know that um, this conversation and your wisdom is going to add value to the listeners here this week. And so quick, just tell us how old are your boys? Uh, so my oldest is 14. He's an eighth grader. And then I have a fifth grader that's 11 and a second grader that's eight. Okay. So life is busy. It is. It's not like, it's not crazy busy. I really try to 
keep our family living from a place of rest, not saying yes to things because that's what you're supposed to do. So we buck the system of sports a little bit. Um, like we've made a decision as a family not to do travel sports in the summer because we've decided that it's a we have a higher value for quality time at the lake than at the soccer field. Uh, but that's personal and that's for each family, but that's just kind of been a core value for ours because we did like we spent half of our summer seven days a week doing soccer. And so we just had to like pull back and reevaluate like what's really important in these like these precious years. Like I, my son is gonna have a permit next year. I'm just like, oh, I'm not ready for that next season. So just every year is just such a gift to be able to be with our boys and that quality time is so important. Mm, I love that. And, you know, I think that just in that alone is just a whole nother conversation that we could engage in because I, I do think that there is outward pressure, you know, to be involved in, in just everything, you know, and we're, mm -hmm. we find ourselves, you know, kind of taxing around. And I think that, you know, just the different women that I have in my life who are raising kids, I'm an empty mm -hmm. nester. I've been an empty nester for quite a few years now, yeah. but they feel that pressure of, mm -hmm. you know, I should be doing more and I should be doing it faster and I should be involved more and, and all of that. So thank you for even just highlighting that you know just giving yeah. yourself as a family permission to you know what this is what works for us and this is what we yeah. have chosen to do I love that oh go ahead but I mean well one thing that I think your first red flag is if you're using the phrase I should be you know that's for me it's okay God what are you calling my family to in this season and maybe it'll change but for from last summer the last two summers actually before COVID hit uh, in January, I felt so strongly that God was calling us to a summer of rest. And I talked to my husband about it and my boys, and they were all like, yep. Well, it turned out there wasn't traveling sports anyways, but God was just like preparing us for that. And then, so each summer and each year, we're very prayerful about it. And so I'm not going to be like a hard stance, like this is forever, but this is for our season. And that's what, but then when you hear God, like, I don't care what anybody else says. Like, no, this is what God's calling our family to. And this is what's right for us. And it's going to look different for each family. Yeah, that's so good. So good. So freeing right there. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I remember when we were raising our daughter and I could feel when, when maybe something was not working well for us. And, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, we live in the world, it's a part of life, it's easy to, you know, kind of slip into just like, busyness, that's not what God has called you to, you know, I know that we all have seasons that, you know, yes. like that, we kind of ebb and flow in and out of that. But I just remember as a young mom, you know, becoming and learning that awareness piece of, mm -hmm. okay, this is, I don't have peace about this. I feel really pressured. I feel really weighed down. And, you know, to just really give oneself permission to sort of step back and invite the Lord into that, mm -hmm. into, you know, that question and just those, those thoughts and that pace um, that I was keeping, man, that was just, I, I just, I'll never forget that. And like I said, mm -hmm. I've been an empty nester for a long time. Our daughter's going to be 30. So, yeah. but yeah, really powerful right there. So what is the Bible study that you're teaching in your home? 50 women. That's awesome. It is obviously, you know, life is crazy. And so not, they're not all there every single week, but it's still a much larger group than I'm used to. We're going through a study about helping women find their passion, purpose and power 
And um, I've just noticed that with COVID, I think it really shook a lot of people's belief system, maybe where they were content and now God is starting to stir that hunger for more, or maybe they were kind of on the fence, one foot in the world, one foot in the church. And now they're like, okay, I gotta be, I'm, I gotta be all in. And so they're just trying to figure out like, how do I hear God's voice? What is God calling me to? What is my identity? And so we're going through all that, which is, I mean, that alone, like transformed my life when God awakened that to me, it needs to be a part of every believer's journey is passion, purpose, and power. And that's the power comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Me too. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That I don't have to rely on my own thought and reason that I have the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on somebody. And Holy (laughs) Spirit isn't for charismatic. It's for all believers. You know, like let's just, let's just clear the air on that. You are not crazy. Like all believers have the Holy Spirit. It's for all people that choose to have a relationship with the Lord. Yeah, that is so good. I love (laughs) that little bonus part of our conversation today. So I don't know who needed to hear that. Um, And, you know, we prayed, we prayed before we, we started recording and we just really believe that whatever is said here, somebody needed to hear. So if that was for you, praise the Lord. Uh, Mm -hmm. We just really believe that um, that was for somebody. So thank you for, for sharing that Kelsey. So your leadership, you, uh, you know, you have a lot of different things that you are leading in, you know, at Mm -hmm. um, just as a mom and and as a wife and in your church, uh, you know, the Bible study and, and just, you know, different areas of leadership. Mm -hmm. How have you grown in your leadership? And I know that that's just such a deep question, but um, what would you say, like, what have been the key things that has helped you to grow? I had to first take an inward look on myself. You know, I've, I've been a leader since I was a little girl. Um, I just, I have that go-getter personality. And if I see there's a problem or that something needs to be done, I just naturally like, well, I'll do it, you know? And then you bring people around you to help you. And I learned the hard way. I I was student council president of my senior year of high school. And I like, I wanted things done a certain way and I didn't trust my team. And so I took on way too much and ended up getting shingles as an 18 year old from stress from just all the things. And so I'm actually thankful God taught me that lesson as an 18 year old, that you have to trust your team. You have to equip them and and believe in them and empower them. Because if you want to get things done, you can't do it alone. Like you have to have a solid team. And I think there's a lot of leaders that that lead from their own brokenness, unfortunately. And so I think to really be an effective leader, first off, you have to have a servant's heart. And you can't be afraid to get your hands and feet dirty. And you can't be afraid to um, not mingle with messy people because that's biblical. Like God calls us to be with messy people and to serve them. And secondly, I think it's so important that we take care of our heart wounds, our false narratives, our lies that we're believing about who we are and who God is. And because that's when all that, like that, that insecurity comes out. And then we just like, we make a lot of messes and I have a lot of compassion because I I can see where God's brought me. I was actually, I just was at coffee with somebody before this and we were talking about Facebook memories and I cringe at some of my posts that I made even, I mean, I was, I think I started Facebook like back in 2005 or 2006 and I'm like, Lord, thank you for how far you've taken me in my journey. You know, just like little simple posts, but I'm like, oh my gosh, 
you're just trying to get attention, you're looking for validation, and all of that, we have to be so secure in our identity. This week has been really challenging for me, if I'm being honest. I'm not going to get into the details, but I've been receiving messages from people that are not a fan of me, and they don't know me, and they're attacking who I am as a person, like, and it's been, it's been very challenging. However, I'm so thankful for the hard work. I, I literally spent three years going after whatever God would put before me. It started with anxiety. I had really bad anxiety and conflict. And if you're going to be a leader, you're going to be in conflict. So you have to learn how to do that well. And I was able to, to go back even just yesterday. I just got, I got this Facebook message and I'm like, whoa, just kind of took me back. And I don't even know this person, but they're taking my inventory. And so I had to forgive this person and bless them and just know like the only opinion that truly matters in my life is God's opinion. Obviously, I have accountability and let people speak into my life that know me, that believe in me and that champion me. And I'm open to that. But I can't let somebody that doesn't know me, I can't let their opinion dictate my the call on my life just because we have a differing opinion about a certain something okay and I don't know if I could have responded in the way that I did it was with compassion and validation and I actually invited her to coffee I said we don't know each other but I think you'd find out that we have more in common than we do difference like I'd love to have coffee with you that's not something she's willing to do right now but I think if I looked at myself like six years ago, I think I would have gone into like victim mode. I'm helpless. And I probably would have been like super defensive and messy in my response to her. But it it's come with lots of hard work, lots of personal development, reading books about relationships. And, you know, conflict is about understanding. It's not about wrong or right. And learning how to validate people in their experience, even if it doesn't make any sense to me and I don't agree with it, but that's still their experience. And I can still validate how they're feeling that, that, that empathy piece. And so, yeah, you really have to be willing to turn the, the microscope back on you and be like, okay, God, show me, prune me. And it's not fun, but it's so worth it. Like I would go back and I would do all of it all over again, knowing that I can be such a healthier person. And then you get to lead, you get to, you get to show God's heart better because God was a God of compassion. He wasn't phased by anything like people's messes didn't bug him. He didn't partner with fear. He didn't partner with control. And his validation came from the father because he knew he was a son. And so I think that's like, that's so, that has to be your base if you're going to lead people well. Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh. There's just so, so much there that we could just kind of pull over and park and unpack. Yeah. Uh, You know, we share that, that same passion and about identity, that identity Mm -hmm. piece like you so powerful, so transformative in my life, just from just all the brokenness and the pain, you know, growing up and, you know, the, the freedom and the healing, that's an inside deal. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's inward and, you know, identity. When I think that we carry ourselves differently, we respond to things differently when we are secure in who we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, When, when people maybe express their disapproval or, you know, whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't rock 
someone that is that is secure to the point of like you said so so effectively that I'm oh my goodness I'm questioning who I am and I'm questioning what I'm doing and you know kind of just you know going off the cliff here Um, Mm -hmm. and I've done that I've done that so many times over the years but once I I yielded to like fully yielded and surrendered Mm -hmm. and allowed you know I kind of describe it as like the Holy Spirit taking a flashlight and shining it around the areas of my heart and just really kind of um, exposing and helping me to be aware of, you know, these wounds that I was carrying around because everything filters through that, you know, it filters through that. And so if I'm, if I'm a a wounded person and I'm trying to help somebody, it filters through that, you know, Mm -hmm. and so healing is, is really good. I love what you said. So powerful, so powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great segue into my next question about being misunderstood. And I think that that is something, you know, if, if we're going to be effective leaders, I think that, you know, we just have to, we have to kind of, I don't know, make friends with, I don't know if I want to say it that way, but I just did. So (laughs) um, (laughs) I don't know, here we are, we're just having conversation ladies, but you know, like, like being okay that, sometimes we're going to be misunderstood. Um, Jesus was misunderstood. I mean, and he is the greatest leader, the greatest example that any of us could follow. And he modeled that so well for us. If we look at his earthly ministry and all the times that that he was rejected or misunderstood and how he responded, um, you know, we can follow that example. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you know, put those examples into, um, into our relationships and into our leadership. So my question to you then is in your leadership experience, have you ever felt like you were in a space with ceilings? And if that's maybe a new term uh, for someone listening today, maybe you're, you know, like, Susan, what do you mean by that? What I mean is, is there's like a cap in wherever you're leading, uh, you know, that you just, you feel like somehow you have to kind of pull back and you can't be your full authentic self in whatever that looks like for you, whatever that space looks like for you. And, and so there's kind of like a ceiling, if you will. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I'm just wondering, have you ever experienced that, that misunderstanding and just being in a space with a ceiling? Well, so yeah, it's kind of, I would say more recently. So I ran a daycare for 10 years. So I was my own boss and I got to do, I was self-employed. So, and then prior to that, I was in a job that God had me in and it was, it was not fulfilling, but I guess, I think the misunderstanding part has been more recently as God has kind of opened up more doors for me to step out into. And it's been more, not people that I work directly with, but it's outsiders and they think they have opinions about and assumptions about who I am without knowing me. I think that would be, I started a group in my community during COVID. God led me to do this. And it turned out to be something way bigger than I had anticipated. We ended up having like 6,000 people in this, in this Facebook group serving the community and God, God did so many amazing things. I, it was, it was literally the story of the women or the woman with the jar of oil 
and it was that replenishment as she poured out he kept pouring back in to all the jars were full and I saw that like on the daily with meeting people's needs and people giving of their time their resources and so um myself and a friend we led that and that God literally just dropped that into my lap and there was definitely times when people didn't like my response because I didn't want to partner with them. Uh, there's one situation where um, an organization wanted us to support an event they were having but every time I prayed about it I just felt ick like it, it didn't align with my core values, uh, my convictions and so I just had to say you know what this isn't gonna work for this event, but I'd love to partner with something different. And she did not like my response. She personally attacked me and tried to discredit who I was. And so there was a few different situations like that where I just, my, my grid is my peace in the Holy Spirit. And before I make decisions, I pray about it. And if I don't have peace about it and it makes zero sense, I'm still not gonna do it because I know it's God protecting me. And I don't feel like, it's unfortunate, like people, there's such a sense of entitlement uh, in people and they demand answers when they want it or they demand you to do things. And because of the internet and the internet is a beautiful thing, but it's also, it can cause things to be messy and people having this, an unrealistic expectation. And so I've seen a lot of just like entitlement and, and then people just control and fear, you know, that's, it's all mixed in there. And so I would say that was more recently um, at my current job. I definitely, I'm not experiencing that. So I would say that people have misunderstood me from, a, from kind of from the get-go. I, I'm more of a joyful person and I'm a very optimistic person. And I can remember in college, there was this one girl my freshman year. And she just thought I was so annoying. Cause she's like, how can you be this happy? Like she thought I was fake, but then as we got to know each other, like she realized this is just who you are. And it's because of the Holy spirit. I have the joy of the Lord inside of me. And she just was in a bad place and we became really good friends actually. And so God used her. So now when I meet people that seem a little like hard on the outside, I'm like, oh, they've just gone through some really hard stuff to get to this place. So I have compassion for them. And I don't take it personal anymore because they don't actually, they don't know me. So I think that's probably been the, as I was thinking of different ways I've been in leadership throughout my life, it's more just people misunderstanding me because they don't know me yet or my convictions and it doesn't make sense to them. And some of it's because they're not believers. And so I can't expect them to understand, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back down to what my convictions are. Yeah, so good. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Do you feel like women who are, and I suppose it could apply to men, but you know, our target audience, most of my listeners are women, but do you feel like women who are confident in who they are in Christ? I mean, going back to that identity piece, mm -hmm. have you found that, I mean, even for yourself or as you, you know, have served alongside other women that they just carry themselves differently. It's not in an arrogant way. It's not in a, you know, I'm better than you, or I'm trying to one up on you. I'm just, mm -hmm. so what, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had some people come up to me, you know, I find it interesting too, because I, I see the enemy in it. Like we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against yeah. him. Because if we know who the enemy is, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? That's why yeah. we need to know God's character and his nature. So when people say something or, you know, that's like, oh, what is that? It's like, okay, 
I see you enemy. And now I get to choose how I'm going to respond. And I feel like, you know, I would say last spring I had four or five women come up to me and, and make a comment about, it's probably more from like their lack and seeing God has opened doors for me. And one, um, one person shared that she had really been struggling with jealousy and, but then she was able to work through that. And I loved that she felt safe enough to tell me that, like, I was really struggling with this, but I can see that God's has you where you're supposed to be. And that's beautiful. Um, but I think it's like comparison is the thief. He comes in and to like, oh, well, you're, she's doing this and you're not. And, and I've struggled with comparison, you know, like I have dreams, I have visions and I'm like, oh Lord, like, when is it going to be my time? But what I've learned to combat comparison is to bless the person that's doing what I want to do and be like, Lord, if you did it in her life, you're going to do it in my life too. And so I have to just trust you with your timing and your process because God, I don't want to be promoted past my integrity, my maturity. Like I want to be right, right in like the, the shelter of his wings and he knows what's best for me. Again, this all goes back to identity and who God is. Do you trust him? Do you trust yeah. that he has good plans for your life? And so I think that's, that's the piece of it is like when the enemy comes and tempts you to partner with all these different things, it's like, okay, I see what you're doing here. And I serve a God that lacks nothing. I serve a God who's a God of abundance. And so I feel called to write books. And so I bless these women that are stepping out and that are writing books and I'm going to throw parties. I'm going to champion them because that's amazing. And there's, there's more than enough space at the table for all of us to write books. Yeah, there's, you know, whatever it is like, because how I talk, how I write, some people may not be able to relate to me, mm-hmm. but let's Susie Q down the road, wrote a book and it spoke directly to their heart, mm-hmm. you know? So we, we cannot have a lack mentality because if we know who our heavenly father is, he is the God of abundance and nothing is impossible with him. So those, those dreams those promises, those words that you have tucked away inside of your heart, like don't, don't shrink back because it hasn't happened yet. Trust his timing and his process of your life. Oh, so good. I wrote a little note down uh, as a reminder to circle back to something and then I'll go into my next question. But you said that we get to choose how we're going to respond. Mm-hmm. I love that because I, I think that that is always such a great reminder, no matter how many times we've heard it before, it's always great to be reminded that we are not powerless people, mm-hmm. that we don't have to just roll over and, and, and just let the enemy, you know, bait us into going down this, you know, this dead end road, because it's not going to lead us anywhere fruitful. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's just, like you said, it it comes, comparison is, is going to steal, kill and destroy. It's, it can steal some really great relationships. You know, it just definitely destroys unity because, you know, somehow now she's kind of our enemy, you know, because she seems to be being blessed and, and, you know, doing more things than maybe what, what I might be. And so the enemy then wants me to think that I can't be her friend, that she couldn't be a really great friend to me. And man, that is, is so powerful comparison 
I mean, if the enemy can bait us with that and we take that hook, line and sinker, we've all done it. We've all fallen Mm -hmm. into that. But to just remember that we are not powerless people. And when we recognize the the Holy Spirit, when he makes us aware that we've taken the bait, you know, we can kind of back things up a little bit. And like you said, you know, begin to really befriend that person and rejoice with that person and celebrate what God is doing Mm -hmm. in her life. So good, Kelsey. So good. I would say too that like repentance and forgiveness has got to be a part sometimes on the daily. Like we have to keep the soil of our heart um, so pure. Like, you know, how there's farmers and every single spring they pick rocks. doesn't matter. Like they picked all the rocks last summer. And again, after winter, these, these rocks come back to the surface. And that's, that's an example of our heart. You know, God knows exactly what we can handle and what we can deal with. And so when God like brings a rock to the back to the surface of your heart, like deal with it, it's there for a purpose. And (laughs) this is a good and a bad thing. And I get frustrated, but God is outside of time. So he, it doesn't matter like how long your process is, like he's in it, he's cheering you on, he's championing you, and he's going to keep giving you opportunities to deal with the same stuff until you actually deal with it. And so like when you're triggered, I think most people know what that, that phrase means, like it's purposeful. It's an opportunity to receive healing if you're willing to press into it and to deal with, and usually triggers you need to forgive people. You need to forgive yourself. It's a repentance thing. So we have, And for me too, like working through the forgiveness part, like I choose to forgive so-and-so and and I bless them with, that was a big part of me to be able to work through forgiveness that I needed to in, in relationships that I had that were really painful. Circling back to, we're created to be powerful communicators. We're not powerless people. And if you need to grow in areas, like there's so many amazing resources on the internet. There's classes you can take. There's books you can read. And then find a group of people that you can practice this authentic lifestyle with. And like to be able to speak into like, and using phrases like, I feel versus you did this, like the accusatory, you know, this is how I actually experienced you. Tell me what you meant by that. Become like a really great question or asking questions versus coming in with like, you think you know it all. Like it's that position of staying low and help me to understand you. And that lowers people's anxiety. They don't feel like they're on the defense and like you can have really hard conversations and they can actually turn out really beautiful. Yeah. So good. You know, I just quick little side note. I just finished an e-course, an online e-course on boundaries. And I touched on that, that when you want to have a conversation with someone that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you feel like they don't understand your boundaries, or there's just something, a conflict of some, you know, when you go to talk to someone, don't message them and say, could I please talk to you? I mean, and just leave it at that, you know, Mm -hmm. because immediately, I mean, if somebody says that to me immediately, I get kind of like, oh my gosh, what did I I do? do? (laughs) And so if you can give some kind of context, you know, like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'd love to have coffee with you and just kind of have a conversation around this. That is so disarming right there instead of, you know. I'd like There's to no hidden you. agenda. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think the other part too is like assume the best in people, so which good. is very contrary to the world right now. But like, I'm going to assume the best in you until you show me otherwise, like coming into that, if you don't know them that well. And even if you do, like, 
just assume the best. And that just, it changes the tone and we're not accusatory either. You know, nobody wants to be like, you did this and you did that. Like that's when the walls come up and you're right. like, whoa, this does not feel safe. So if you can dismantle that, like you said, you're going to be able to, I feel like a lot of conflict is just misunderstandings. Right. And so if we can just get to the heart of it immediately and not let it just like, oh, this is how I experienced you. Like, what did you mean by that? And then right. it's like, oh, okay. That totally makes sense. Right. Right. And I think that also remembering that, you know, we're all people, we're all living in the world and to mm -hmm. constantly be a grace giver because yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, you just never know what someone might have just came out of, you know, maybe like a doctor's appointment or a meeting of some kind or mm -hmm. just having a really rough day. I know that sometimes, um, you know, I've had a rough day or something and I know that, oh, I said that kind of, you know, not in a way that was the best, you know, mm -hmm. um, and to just really be able to extend grace to people that that's typically not how she is. I don't know something's going on there that came off kind of kind of abrasive, but um, I'm just going to, like you said, believe the best about her. Yep. That's so good. So good. So we've talked a little bit about dismantling false narratives, and you've already given some really great tips in encouraging women to grow in their leadership capacity. There, You are so right. There is no lack of different resources in this world. You can attend classes in person, online. You can read books, listen to podcasts, really, really great different resources yeah. there. But I want to talk uh, a little bit about, you know, our character. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I know that that just goes into some development there. But why is it important, in your opinion, that we have growth in our character? Well, we're, we're changing and evolving. And I'm not meaning that like in a Darwin way, but like we should be, we shouldn't be the same person we were five years ago. Like it's that process of sanctification that God is like, he's pruning us so we can be ready for the, we're the bridegroom, you know, he's preparing us for heaven. And so if we're not, I, th I think it's so important to be life learners to my, I remember growing up and uh, my stepdad he mostly raised me from when I was second grade on and he, him and my mom would constantly tell us like, you have to be teachable and trainable for the rest of your life. And that's something that I, I even say that to my kids because it's so important. We all have blind spots and we need people to come in and be like, Hey, I'm seeing this about you, but I think, have you ever considered trying it this way? You know, and for God, for God to expand our reach for kingdom purposes, like our character needs to be of a high value. Like I recently listened to a podcast series and uh, it was just about messy churches. I'm not going to say what it is, but just like, and when I was done, like just the, the weightiness of what it means to be a leader, we're all representing Jesus, but some of us, like God will allow us to have reach more people and the responsibility that comes with us, like we cannot take that lightly. And then also too, like we need to have a healthy fear of the Lord and not in the sense that God is angry, God is full of wrath. And if I mess up, I'm a goner. That's bad doctrine. <laughs> that is not who our God is. God is a good God and he sees you through a lens of love. But from the standpoint of, I don't ever want to be apart from him. That's the fear of the Lord for me. Like I don't ever want to not have his presence in my life. Like I don't ever not want to have his guidance, his love, his peace, like that enough for me, like that 
that causes me to just run to him. Like I am nothing without him. Like I need him more now than I ever could. And so our character, we need to be pruned. We need to be pulled back. Um, and it's biblical too. And so if, if we want to love and serve people well, we need to do things with excellence. I think that's biblical, not performance, but excellence. And, and God, he, he'll help us through that. And I, I would hope and pray that we are very different people from when we start our life to the day that we die. Yeah. Oh, so good. It, it's, you know, that refining and that, that growth, it's not easy. It's not simple, but wow. Like you, I, I don't want to be the same person five years from now that I am today. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to look back and see like, wow, I grew in this area and Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that God wants that for us too. You know, we're always reaching higher in our faith and I think that he wants that for us. And I love that you pointed out that healthy fear of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that, yeah, Jesus, you know, it, it says that he calls us our friend, you know, that we are his friend. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think it's so important to remember that he's God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and so it's not like we can somehow pull him down and make him equal with us. Um, that's right. just not even biblical. That's not going to happen. But we have this relationship with him where we can go to him and understand that he has really good things for us in this development, even though it's it's not easy, it's uncomfortable, but his heart is for us and it's good. He, he has something good for us. And if we can mm-hmm. lean into that, and yeah. trust the process. It's so, so important. And I, I do think that, that as we lean into that, I think that he then begins to give us and trust us with, with more. And, you know, I remember back when I was first starting ministry, I'm coming up on 20 years of active ministry. Wow. And, you know, I think, God, when I was just a young green bean in my faith, you know, and I knew that I had this calling on my life. And I, Mm -hmm. I would, I just remember getting so frustrated that God wasn't releasing me into ministry and how come, you know, and you place this Mm -hmm. big dream in me and I'm ready. And man, Susan today looks back at her, that Susan, I mean, I love that Susan back there. It's not like she has value and she has worth, but oh my goodness, she was not ready to be unleashed onto people. (laughs) That I'm so grateful now that thank you, God, that you you. (laughs) you held me back. So yeah, Yeah. really good. Would you encourage the woman listening today that maybe feels insecure in her leadership? And she just really feels like, wow, this season of leadership has been really hard and I just feel like I want to throw in the towel and quit. Yeah, I think we all get there. And so I just want to validate you like that's, that's a really real feeling. And, you know, I I feel like when you find your people, you find your destiny in in the sense of people that champion you and believe in you. And so if you're called into leadership, it's so important that you have I'm going to use the buzzword, but your tribe, right? Whatever word you want to call it, but you got to find people because you're not meant to lead alone. It's I've found like, as I continue on, like leadership ministries can be very isolating and lonely. I, I found for myself that people just don't get it. Like they don't get how oh, I start crying when I talk about it, but like how like I burn for him, like 
he's all, he consumes me like that all consuming fire. And there's not a lot of people that understand that passion that I have. Like, like I, I eat, sleep and breathe him. Like I can't get enough of him. And, and um, I know we're all on our own journey and, and I haven't always been like this. This is like in the last five years that I've felt this burning and I felt like people don't, people don't understand like my passion for him. But I have been able to find some women that are burning for him. And so we have to lean on our sisters. Like you, you need to have a support system. And sometimes it's okay to take seasons of rest. Like sometimes we do need to step back and maybe we need to go see a counselor and process through some stuff or a trusted friend that's maybe further along in her relationship with the Lord that can speak into your situation. And I think too, like, when we're in ministry, we're not doing it for love. We're doing it out of love. And so so we have to make sure that we're doing ministry from the overflow of our intimacy with the Lord. Otherwise that's where that burnout, the performance, the striving comes in. And I I joke and I'm like, I'm a, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I was the yes girl. I said yes to everything at church because a, I actually really enjoyed serving and secondly, um, it was the people pleasing in me. And I just was like, oh, this is this is not fulfilling. Like, why am I doing this? I'm doing it for approval. I'm doing it for validation. I feel like this is my worth. I think this is what Christians have to do. And yes, we're called to serve, but from passion. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And, yeah. So for the for you that's um that's really struggling right now, it's okay. And we've all been there. And so you this is where you get to partner with Holy Spirit. And it's like, Holy Spirit, what does my heart read? What does my heart need right now? What does my body need right now? And sometimes it's rest. Sometimes it's a vacation. Sometimes it's time with your your spouse, your family, your girlfriend. It's I mean, it's so different. But press into that. Press into it because He knows you so well. He created you. Don't grow weary. If you know that God's called you to it, like you fall back on that, even in those dry seasons, and you feel like you can't hear the Lord you're not feeling his presence like you normally do, you fall back on those words and those promises that God's spoken. I have on my phone here, I have a Google Doc, and it's all the promises and words that I've ever received. And when I'm feeling discouraged, I go back and I start reading through, no, this is what God said. This is what he wants to do in my life. And that just kind of like, it refreshes me. It helps me to refocus on truth, not on all the other voices. So yeah, it's, I think it's part of the process. We've all been there, but that doesn't mean you have to stay there. Sometimes we need to just hunker down and deal with, okay, God, what's really going on here? And then you take those steps forward towards healing and rest and all the things that our bodies need and our hearts when we're in a place of leadership. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. You know, again, Jesus modeled that stepping away. And mm-hmm. I, I think that if the son of God did that and left that as an example, if I can be so, so honest, you know, someone that also was really trapped in people pleasing and just that performance and striving for Susan to understand Susan, so who are you to think that you wouldn't need that right. when, the, when the son of God, Jesus pulled back, pulled away mm-hmm. and that it's not a sign of weakness. I think yeah. that, I think that so often, especially in our culture today, there's this message that we keep hearing, especially as women, you know, hustle, 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 and go, go, go. And, and I think especially 
if we're on social media a lot, you know, it can be easy to feel like we should be doing more and we should be doing it faster. And, Mm -hmm. and yet I don't see anywhere in the Bible where we are called to be taking life's corners on two wheels. It's just not in there. And so, you know, giving for you that might be listening and feeling just weary and worn out, you're not alone in that, um, that, you know, Kelsey said, we've all felt that, uh, it's not a sign of, of weakness in that you are, you know, an ineffective leader or that you're falling behind or anything. It's, it's just maybe that, um, you've put out a lot, you know, maybe, uh, especially just coming out of COVID and whatever your leadership capacity is, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe you need to take a short little sabbatical or you just sort of step back and reevaluate, maybe what you're giving your yes to, um, maybe placing a little bit more weight on your yes. And that's okay too. I, I think that, you know, especially with boundaries, you know, we ebb and flow in those and, um, and it's, I think that it's wise and healthy to step back and just reevaluate those is something need to, do I need to let go of something that maybe God's grace isn't on anymore? You know, that was for a season. It was great. It's a good thing. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's just not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Kelsey, this has been so good. Do you have anything else that you want to add? I could spend hours talking about this. I'm so passionate about just women being whole and then like helping them to run the race that God's called them to, like for them to stay in their own lane. And so really I think of like, it all flows from our heart, everything, our words, our actions, it's, it's the condition of our heart. And so maybe it's to take some time and just reflect, like, am I still dealing with the same issues that I've dealt with for the last five years? And if so, it's okay. And so it's like, okay, God, so where do I start? And I just want to encourage you, like, do not be afraid of counselors. I still, I, I go in, like, I have a really great baseline now because I've put so much work in. And so I can tell when things are starting to get off and I make an appointment and I get my little butt into my counselor's office and I process through and I do um, like yearly inner healing sessions. I call it's my oil, my oil, my tune up for the year because we just life happens. And as much as like, I know all these tools and I can tell you like when stuff just comes at you so quickly, we're not perfect. We're not God, like you were saying. And so we have to take a step back and make sure the condition of our heart is in a healthy place, especially if we're going to be loving and serving others. Like we, we want to make sure that we're doing it from a place of love and identity, not from our brokenness. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, so good. And, and also emphasize what Kelsey had, had said that God never created you to do life alone. And he wants you to be a part of community and to have mm-hmm. that support system around you. Um, you're worthy of that. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like today, uh, gosh, I've been there. I have so much empathy and compassion for women in leadership who feel like um, they can hear crickets in the corner because, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't have that support. I get that. Uh, And so I just want you to know that God wants that for you even more than you want it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And for myself, I know that when I was going through just this desperate season of loneliness, you know, I began to pray, Lord, would you bring those people into my life praying them in, believing Mm -hmm. by faith that he will bring those people into my life. But then I also took it a step farther and I asked him, Lord, open my eyes and help me to recognize 
who they are, you know, uh, and to not think that the answer to that prayer is going to look like this, or it's going to come packaged like that, because so often, then we we miss, you know, God's provision and his yeah. answer, because it doesn't look like what we thought. So yeah, I concur. That was my same thing, too. I, I prayed, I prayed these ladies, and I just started praying, Lord, I just want women that are that want the fullness of you, and that want to grow, you know, it, whatever it is, God knows your heart. And just like you said, have the faith to believe. And the other part is like, you can't just sit on your hiney. Like sometimes it requires you to take that step of faith, join a Bible study, join a group, you know, there's that, there's that activating our faith too, at the same time. Yep. And then that's how I met my people was all these different things. And then I'll start sharing about you know, what God's doing in my life or, you know, God always has a way of bringing it up. And I'm like, oh, you know, you're a leader. You're on fire for Jesus. Let's get together. Let's have coffee. And then relationships start to build. Right. That's so good. So good. Uh, Love that. Those three components um, put together prayer, Lord, open my eyes um, to see them and show me if there's a group that I should join or if there's someone that maybe I should reach out to to begin Mm -hmm. to initiate a relationship with them. And it could just be simple as, hey, would you want to have coffee with me? I mean, we all have to start somewhere, right? Yes. And, and to not let the fear of rejection, I don't know, this is a whole nother topic, but that's a not, good one. <laughs> not let the fear of rejection hold you back from stepping out and initiating that coffee date. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if she says no, she says no, you know, maybe she's at a busy time in her life and, but don't let that stop you. Don't let that hold you back from seeking out someone else, because again, God created you for community and he wants people around you and, and they also need what you have too. So, uh, you know, we we're in a body of Christ. That's why he calls us a body. Um, we're not an island unto ourselves. So, but Kelsey, thank you so much for all of the value that you added to the listening community today. And I just feel like this is going to be an episode women will want to go back and listen to again. There was just so much in here, just packed. Uh, so thank you everybody for joining us. And we, we just want you to know that you are fully seen. You are fully known. You are heard that God could not love you any more than he loves you right now at this very moment. So take care, have a great rest of your week, and I will catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.